thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Camden Yards in Baltimore. It's the Baltimore Orioles 5, the Cleveland Guardians 4. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. It. All right, you can't, you can't win every game in Major League Baseball. You can't win them all. I guess we're not going to sweep the Orioles like we swept the Royals. It's okay. We can still win two out of three. Still make it a good series for us. Uh, but yeah, the Orioles jump on Tristan McKenzie. And uh, really, the storyline of the day is it was home run derby in Baltimore. And that's not been easy to do this season. Since they moved that wall back in left field, the number of home runs hit in Baltimore has significantly dropped. And uh, the Guardians hitters decide, you know, they don't mess around with left field. Both of our home runs are hit out to right field. Um in fact, Odor's was hit out to right. Yeah, only one. Hayes is the only one that hits a home run out to left field. And surprisingly, it was a line drive that just kept going and carried that wall. So let's get into it a little bit. Let's get into the details of all five home runs hit yesterday, plus the Guardians' other scoring opportunities, some that came to fruition, some that didn't come to fruition. And, uh, you know, we had a chance to get back into this game. We definitely had a chance to salvage this game and just couldn't come up with the big hit in the fifth inning or the eighth inning when we needed it. And unfortunately, we peter out, uh, you know, with a 4-5 loss. So let's talk about the home runs because that's the big storyline to kick off the game. I mean, we basically trade home runs in the first two, three innings here. Uh, so Jose Ramirez, first inning, first pitch swinging. He gets a home run. He actually hits this one pretty high. Um, he, he gets under it a little bit. It's a 35-degree launch angle. It's 372 to the front row in right field, just to the left of where the big scoreboard is, where the big wall is there in Baltimore. So into the stands there. Some guy tries to make a catch with his hat. That was an epic fail. Uh, but he hits at 101.4 mile-per-hour exit velocity, and it's enough to carry that wall. It's a first-pitch fastball to Jose Ramirez. A little bit out over the plate, but Ramirez is able to turn on it. I don't know why they went first pitch fastball uh, on Jose Ramirez. I know you're trying to get ahead of a guy. I know you think pitching from ahead is going to help you against Jose Ramirez. But with nobody on base there, uh, boy, to come right at Jose uh, is asking for some trouble. And of course, they would end up walking him twice in this game after he does this. Uh, but then Trey Mancini comes up in the uh, bottom of the first for Baltimore, and hey, Mancini is a good hitter. Um, you know, you, you got to be careful with him, and just like you got to be careful with Ramirez. And uh, Mancini first pitch swinging as well. He gets a four-seam fastball. Now, the difference between the home runs that Tyler Wells gives up for Baltimore and the home runs that Tristan McKenzie gives up for Cleveland, uh, Wells' pitches were down at the thighs. I think it was just some good swings by Guardians hitters. The ones that McKenzie gives up here to Mancini and we'll see to Hayes are meatballs. I mean, this is this is just below the letters. This is at the stomach. This is middle of the plate. You cannot ask for a better pitch to launch uh, as a hitter. So first pitch, 92-mile-per-hour fastball right down the pipe, and he turns on it 107.6-miles-per-hour uh, out to center field. 28-degree uh, launch angle, 438 feet, no doubt about it, home run. I mean, no expected batting average is 1,000, no doubt about it, home run. 
So Mancini ties things up, but hey, Cleveland bounces right back. Andres Jimenez comes up with two outs. This time it's a second pitch. He throws him a changeup down uh, below the knees that he lays off for ball one. Then he comes with a fastball down and in. And uh, Andres Jimenez does a good job, quick hands. We'll see this again from a lefty hitter, except for Baltimore, Rudin and Odor. Quick hands on a pitch down and in. Um, it's a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. He ca- he catches it, 109.3-mile-per-hour exit velocity, 34-degree launch angle, 418, a little bit more, no doubt about it, than Jose Ramirez's was. Jose Ramirez's was a fly ball that carried the wall. This was a home run. He puts it out to the uh, street in right field. He's going to get himself a little plaque in the ground, uh, which is cool. It's cool that they do that, that they mark the spots where the balls have left the stadium there. That's a fun little thing that they can do uh, with that short porch in right field. And uh, so, yeah, so he's going to have a plaque out there from his solo home run. So, all right, two to one lead. We answer right back. You think everything is going to be going great for you, and then we get into the third inning. And McKenzie gets himself into trouble in this one. He's got no one to blame but himself. And we've seen it before. Walks, man, can be a disaster. And it's with two outs, too. So Mateo grounds out to start the inning. Then we get back to the top of the order, and he walks Cedric Mullins. He walks Mancini. He's very careful to pitch around Mancini. It it was clear that he did not want to walk Mullins. He wanted to attack Mullins. He kind of wanted to walk Mancini. He kind of wanted no part of Mancini in that at bat. He gets Santander or Santander uh, to fly out. Uh, me and my brother were discussing this. It sounds, it feels like that's a name that every announcer uh, says differently. And then Austin Hayes comes up. Oh, man. And McKenzie just another meatball in this one. Uh, the location is almost very similar to uh, the home run hit by Mancini, except this one is a slider. He misses with a slider down and away for the first pitch and then tries to come back in the strike zone with a slider. But this one is, again, under the letters, dead center of the plate, perfect launching spot for a home run. And Hayes hits it 107 miles per hour, 22-degree launch angle, 411 to the seats in left field. The setback seats in left field. I mean, it jumps to like 384 or something like that, 380, the distance from home plate, where they've now set left field back. That's pretty deep. That's got to be one of the deeper left fields in all of baseball. And Hayes clears it no problem, goes 411, had a 940 expected batting average. Yeah, no doubt about it, home run. And it's another meatball from Tristan McKenzie, unfortunately. And that slider has actually been a problem for him this season. Um, Last year, the problem was the four-seam fastball. The run value last year on the four-seam fastball was a plus six. That's not good. You want your pitches to be in negative numbers here as a pitcher for run value. Um, They were slugging 465 off his four-seam fastball last year. Now, the slider was a little bit better. Last year, it was at a negative one run value. They only slugged 289 off of his slider last year. This year, flip that. The run value on his four-seam fastball is at negative seven, doing very well. They're slugging 310, but that's fine. You can live with that. Uh, The slider, the run value this year, went from a negative number to plus four. And they're now slugging 568 off of his slider. 
So yeah, so things have kind of flipped for that slider, for that pitch. Um, the curveball still has a negative run value of negative one. They're only hitting slugging 225 off that. But he had a hard time, time locating that for strikes. Uh, if we go back over to the Illustrator here, it looks like there's a couple of curveballs that do catch the bottom of the strike zone, but there's a big group of them down on the plate, basically. Uh, one right down the pipe for a called strike to Santander. So he got a few in there, but also missed with a bunch of curveballs. Uh, actually, you'll see the curveball, I think, is his best CSW pitch on the day. But not this slider. There were a couple of sliders that were just dead center of the plate. And this is one of them. And Austin Hayes destroys it for a home run. Now the next home run would come from Runin Outdoor. Now this one is not a meatball. We talked about fast hands from the left-handed hitters. We talked about it with Andres Jimenez. Runin Outdoor comes up and gets a four-seam fastball high to start the at-bat. So then he comes back with a slider to the left-handed hitter. And I'm telling you, this is at the knees. This is at the inside edge of the plate. And watching the replay, it's something I look for on the replays. This is right where Maley was set up. It, McKenzie hit his spot on this pitch. Somehow, Odor gets the bat head down and has incredibly fast hands to catch up with this ball inside on him and hit it 102.3, 37-degree launch angle, 393 feet out there. It only had a 390 expected batting average, but it carries that right field ball, that short porch and right field, and it goes for a home run. This one, I I gotta be imagine. I gotta imagine that McKenzie was like, what the heck? How did that guy hit that pitch that far? How did he barrel that up? I put that exactly where I wanted to put that. How did he barrel that up? Uh, it kind of feels like, I don't know how many of you play golf, and I'm a terrible golfer. I, I Frankly, I, I, I don't like it. Um, but how many times have you like grabbed like a short iron, right? An eight iron or a nine iron, and somehow you just hit the ball so squarely that you end up hitting it like 50 yards past the green. And you're like, what, what did I do? How did I, how did I hit the ball that far with that club? That's kind of how it feels like with Rudin outdoors because he goes down. I mean, usually when a guy goes down and gets it, you know, they say, oh, he brought out his pitching wedge and he got a hit off this one. Um, he goes down and gets this one. So he's got to drop the bat head down there to get it. And, uh, man, just really must have hit the sweet spot of the bat uh, and cranked this thing. I mean, 102.3 mile power exit velocity is no joke. So give credit where credit's due. Odor gets one here. And it would be the deciding run. It would be the deciding factor. Now, that's all the runs McKenzie would give up on the day. He actually goes really deep into this game. Uh, seven innings pitched. Three hits. That's it. The three home runs were the only hits he gives up. Plus three walks. It turns into five runs. Uh, four strikeouts mixed in there on 86 pitches. Frankly, he probably could have gone deeper if he had to. He's only hard hit six times on the day, but three of them go for home runs. I mean, that's crazy. I didn't even realize that until I looked at it now. He only gave up three hits on the day, and they're all home runs. So McKenzie actually had himself an okay day. Uh, he gave up a ton of fly balls. That was something. Um, and that's something I noticed that wasn't typical of McKenzie in past seasons. Uh, he gives up only two ground outs, eight fly outs. 
there's a view we look at that we can look at on the Illustrator that we don't look at very often here on Baseball Savant, and that's the radial. And that shows us basically um, the launch angle of everything that's hit off of McKenzie. And I'm telling you, everything is up. There were only, there really were only two ground balls the entire day because he doesn't even give up a ground ball through the hole. There's no ground ball singles on this. There are only two balls hit below a zero launch angle and a negative launch angle. Everything else, the next lowest would be Austin Hayes' home run at a 22-degree launch angle. That's the next lowest. He didn't even give up any line drive outs to infielders at like an eight-degree launch angle. The home run from Hayes is the next lowest. There's a huge group of flyouts here that were all above a 45-degree launch angle. There were a ton of pop-ups to the infield. So McKenzie was really getting them to swing underneath things here. Uh, there were a lot of fastballs up in the zone. That could be why. Uh, he was working the fastball at the top of the zone so that the slider and the curveball could have the bottom of the zone. If Sometimes that feels like a pitcher can't get a handle on his pitch, and other times that is definitely intentional uh, to work the fastball at the top of the zone. It probably makes uh, McKenzie's fastball seem like it has more life than it really does. I mean, we've talked about the spin and the uh, hor- the vertical drop on his fastball being good elite stuff. And uh, it, his ball stays up there. So pitching to the top of the zone, there is some benefit there. Um, so yeah, so the only one pitch that has a decent CSW number is the curveball, but he only throws it 13 times. Throws a slider 16 times, went 57 four-seam fastballs. So definitely trying to rely on his fastball here. Um, on the fastball, he only gets three whiffs on 29 swings, only six called strikes. It's only a 16% CSW. Now the average exit velocity was 87.4. So some of those pop-ups and some of those fly balls definitely contributed to a lower average exit velocity off that pitch. Um, the slider wasn't very effective, 13% CSW. The curveball was on seven swings. He gets four whiffs, mix in two called strikes. It's a 46% CSW on that pitch. But it's only a 20% CSW total on the day for McKenzie. That's why the strikeout numbers weren't very high. It was all, frankly, it was all about those fly balls and those pop-ups for McKenzie. Um, in, you know, inducing weak contact. That's kind of how he, you know, I wouldn't say survived the day because he ends up taking the loss. He ends up giving up the three home runs. But that's his pl- that was his plan of attack on the day. Um, so that's what we get for McKenzie. Now, the Guardians, on the other hand, they mount a comeback. They mount an attempt. Uh, the fifth inning, they give themselves a chance to score some runs. Oscar Gonzalez kicks things off with a 111.3 mile per hour single uh, through the infield. The hardest hit ball on the day, 111. There just weren't enough hard hit balls from the Guardians, unfortunately. Um you know, none for Owen Miller. Not one hard hit ball for Owen Miller. Only one from Josh Naylor, and it was Bia's fly out late in the game. Only one from Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, so, yeah, there just weren't enough. I mean, Tyler Wells, the starter, he only gave up three hard hit balls. He only lasted four innings in this one. It gives up the two hits, which are the two solo home runs, two walks, and a strikeout. Uh, Keegan Aiken, who came in to pitch this fifth inning, got hit around pretty hard. Uh, I take I take that he didn't get hit hit around hard. He only gave up one hard hit ball, but he does get hit around and give up some runs here. Um, so yeah, so let's get back to this fifth inning. So Gonzalez kicks things off with a single. Andres Jimenez then delivers his second hit of the game. He shoots one through a single. 
Uh, and then Luke Maley draws a walk to load the bases with nobody out. Nobody out. We're down two to five at this point, but we got the bases loaded with nobody out. We really can cause some damage here. Steven Kwan, unfortunately, would chop out. He only hits at 73.4 mile per hour exit velocity, so it's a slow chopper. And uh, they're able to get one out at second. They're not able to turn two. So Odor goes to second. Mateo can't make the return throw to get Quan at first. So we got runners at the corner. Gonzalez comes in to score. Okay, we're still set up. We're at one out. Runners on the corner. We're still set up to have a rally here to add more runs. This is what the Guardians have done in the past, right? Rallied for two, three runs in an inning. Unfortunately, they can't come up with any more base hits. Straw would ground out also to second base. Odor got a lot of ground balls on this day. Uh, they try to tag Quan going from first to second, and he luckily avoids the tag. It was probably a bad base running decision because what he should do in that situation is stall, right? If he can stall, we know Straw is going to be safe. It was a very slow hit ball. Straw is lightning fast. If he just retreats back to second, then... Either Odor has to chase him, or he's got to turn around and throw the ball to second base, and, the, and Straw would have been safe. Instead, Quan gets lucky. He avoids the tag, and Straw's the one thrown out at first base by a step. And then Ahmed Rosario, unfortunately, with a runner still on second base in scoring position, he would line out to end the threat. Uh, it was not a good day for Ahmed Rosario, as we'll see, four runners in scoring position. So uh, that's it. That's all we can get out of bases Loaded and nobody out. Um, you know, a couple of ground balls to Odor. So then the eighth inning. Man, what a, what a chance here. Uh, Steven Kwan would double. A nice shot to center field. I like Kwan using the middle of the field. He had a chance earlier in the game to get one through the infield maybe. But Mateo at shortstop has a really strong arm and nails Quan in the third inning. He's able to cut the ball off, and he's able to spin and throw and nail Quan. It was bang-bang, but he got him at first base. Uh, he also did that to Gonzalez in the seventh inning. Uh, he got rid of the ball ridiculously fast. The transfer, I don't even know if it's the arm speed, but it's the transfer is so fast. And he gets rid of the ball, and he gets Gonzalez in the seventh inning. So some strong defense from Mateo at shortstop for the uh, Orioles. Uh, but... Uh, Stephen Kwan using the middle of the field in the eighth inning. He would get a double out there. Straw would fly out to center, but it moves Kwan up to third. It's a productive out. It's what he needed to do. There's a couple ways to do it, and all Straw had to do was get that runner to third. Hey, if it gets in a gap, that's great, but get that runner to third. And then Ahmed Rosario's up. One out. Runner on third base. So many ways for him to score, except via the strikeout. I mean, you got to put the ball in play. You have to. You have to do everything in your power. Step across and foul that pitch off. I don't care what you do. And he had just watched a couple of breaking balls, too, in this at-bat. That's what pissed me off about this at-bat. Uh, and I know Guardians Twitter has turned against Ahmed Rosario. And, and you know, I know everybody wants this guy to be traded. So to make room, basically, for all the young shortstops coming up. To make room for Andres Jimenez, frankly. He had just watched a couple of these sinkers miss and a changeup miss. And then he goes and chases this one outside of the strike zone. Uh, everything was down, I guess, that he was laying off. But then this one comes in 
outside the strike zone. Frankly, the first pitch is a called strike at the knees. It's close. He didn't think it was a strike. It probably was a strike. It's right there on the black of the strike zone. Um, frankly, he's lucky that uh, the third pitch of the at-bat was on a called strike as well. That could have been a called strike three right there. Um, that was closer than the one he swung at. But he fouls off one that was up and in that he probably should have laid off. Now he put himself in an 0-2 hole. He takes the next two pitches for a 2-2 count and then chases outside the zone. Uh, so he had just shown a good eye laying off two pitches and then chases. That's what pissed me off about the at-bat. Um, you think a guy would have gotten into a rhythm seeing all those outside pitches, laying off two outside pitches, and then he goes and chases an outside pitch. Why? Why? What made you think that one was going to be more hittable? So, yeah. So, Amin Rosario strikes out. Then uh, they intentionally walk. Uh, they intentionally walk Jose Ramirez because, of course, they do. What are you going to let Jose Ramirez bat with a runner on third base? Even if there are two outs, you're not going to let him win the game for the Guardians or tie the game up. Owen oh, Miller is, is down in the count. He's down 0-2 and then gets hit in the arms We'll never know if Owen Miller would have worked himself back into that count if Owen Miller would have gotten the big hit with runners on the corner, but it loads the bases for Josh Naylor. Now, here's what I'll say about Naylor. He only has one hard hit ball in the day, and it's this one, 97.5. It's a fly out to center field. He gets under it a little bit, 36-degree launch angle, 359 to center field. You know, the Naylor that hit those home runs in Chicago uh, hasn't really flashed the power since. Um... He flies out on this one. It just felt like he didn't have much power on the day. This wasn't his only fly out on the day. Uh, he flies out in the sixth inning. Uh, it just it felt like mm, he grounded into a double play in the fourth. It just felt like there wasn't a lot of power in that bat. And he flew out to start in the beginning of the game in the second inning. Yeah, I don't know if his he was limping around a little bit. I don't know if his legs bothering him, and if it is, he can't get the drive and get the power, or you know, turn on the ball. It just feels like there's some power missing from Josh Naylor right now, or maybe he just got under this one. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe he just got under this one a little bit, the 36 degree launch angle and hitting it to center field, the deepest part of the park. Uh, you know, it goes for a bases loaded flyout in the eighth inning. Really, the blame goes to Ahmed Rosario in this one. I mean, Naylor puts an okay swing on it. Naylor does his best. At least he put it in play. Uh, but Ahmed Rosario striking out with that runner on third. A ground ball can get through. And, you know, anything can happen when you put the ball in play. And uh, you just got to put it in play. Uh, so Quan is stranded at third base with a chance to tie up the game, and that would be it offensively for the Guardians. Uh, they wouldn't get another chance in the ninth inning. Two ground outs and a strikeout to end things. Uh, from someone who's turned himself into a pretty good closer, I mean, Lopez for the for the Orioles, this guy was kind of a failed starter for a long time for Milwaukee and then Kansas City. Carried a really hefty ERA around with him, and this is his first year in the bullpen. And it's going really well for Lopez. Um, you know, we don't talk too much about the other team's relievers because there's only so much deal t- detail we can go into in a half-hour podcast. But he has really turned things around uh, as a reliever. His runs per nine inning have dropped from a career of six runs per nine to 2.33. Um, his Ks per nine haven't really jumped as a reliever. Uh, he's doing better than his career average. 
Uh, his walks haven't changed either. His walks are still up there. The thing that's different is home runs. He hasn't given up a home run yet this season where he was averaging 1.46 per nine innings. His hits per nine are way down. He was up almost at 10 hits per nine. He's at 4.33. So that's the big difference. I mean, man, getting rid of those home runs uh, really changes things. So I don't know what he's doing different personally as a reliever as compared to a starter, but he earns himself his seventh save on the season. He's got a one ERA. He's looking like a bright spot in the Orioles' bullpen, uh, like a guy who really made the right decision for his career by jumping into that bullpen. Uh, so, yeah, the Orioles get it done. My only my only other note is that uh, there was some good defense from uh, the Guardians as well. Straw makes a great running, sliding catch off a Mullins fly ball in this game. He actually ran down a couple in center field. And it just goes to remind you that straw in center field is a treat. Like, it is a treat to watch. And the slide from Mullins, I loved it because it wasn't one of these, like, yeah, you you could see the look on his face. He had no doubt in his mind that he was going to catch that ball. I mean, as soon as the crack of the bat, he broke on it. And in his eyes, you could see, yeah, I got this. Even if I have to go into a slide, I got this. And that's a that's a fun feeling as an outfielder. Uh, when you read the ball correctly, when you get the good read on the ball, you've got a good angle on the ball, and you can see it. You can feel it. You can feel the two trajectories are going to line up. And everyone on the infield and everybody in the stands is probably staring like, oh, my God, oh, we got one in the gap. Did we get one in the gap? And uh, as the outfielder, you're like, no, no, I got this. I got this. Even if I go into a slide. I've got this ball. So that was fun to see from Miles Straw. Uh, So, yeah, some good defense on the day uh, from the Guardians in some spots. Uh, But unfortunately, we lose the home run derby. We lose the home run derby. It was great to see Andres Jimenez back in the lineup after getting that day off against a lefty. It's what we all wanted to see. And, of course, he delivers two big hits on the day for the Guardians. Scores two runs on the day for the Guardians. So, yeah. Uh, that is all my thoughts on this one. It's, you know, it's a tough loss because we had two chances to really get back into this game. We do our best in that fifth inning. Hey, we put a crooked number up on that fifth inning. So, you know, I gotta say sometimes it's ugly, but they put up a crooked number with, they start with the bases loaded, nobody out, and they put up two runs. I think that's a, that's a victory. I think that fifth inning is a victory. The eighth inning, obviously a failure, failure. You get that runner a third, you can't get him in. So, That is all my thoughts on this one. Let's go out there and finish this series off right with some day baseball today. A 135 start here in Cleveland, here in the Eastern time zone. We got Plesek on the mound. The Orioles have not announced a starter for this one. So it'll be a mystery. We'll see what ends up happening here. Uh, Who is going to go up against Plesek? Plesek did pitch a little better in his last start. So let's see if he can carry it over and if he can get those good vibes against Baltimore that uh, Bieber got on Friday night. So that is all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Baltimore. Unfortunately, yes, we lost to the Orioles. Baltimore 5, Cleveland 4. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. 
Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.